You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Ross called me King. I like it. Welcome everybody back to the Wrestling Takeover. This is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. This is your official AEW Dynamite Quake by the Lake full results and analysis. Thank you guys for joining me on the newest episode of the Wrestling Takeover. Speaking of the Wrestling Takeover, if you guys can do me a solid and subscribe and listen to the podcast on all streaming podcasting platforms apple podcast spotify you guys know the deal also write the podcast five stars as well if you guys can do that for me i'd really appreciate it and continue to spread the word of the podcast i know i'm a new podcast still in the game i'm trying to get my podcast out there it's hard to grow it really is because there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there but if you guys can do a solid and spread the word of the wrestling takeover i'd really appreciate it social media you guys know what to do follow me on social instagram at the wrestling takeover building a great family over there i appreciate the support twitter if y'all can do me solid man i'm on twitter all the time talking pro wrestling talking about everything else that's going on uh if you guys want to follow me on twitter jt takeover is where you guys can reach me discuss pw.com um I have a lot of articles, man, that I have on the site. If you guys want to check them out, please go do so. DiscussPW.com. AEW Quake by the Lake. What a show tonight. What a show. Uh, The opener was crazy. The opener was crazy between Darby Allin and Brody King. This was a Quake by the Lake themed show which I love. I love that AEW does these type of stuff. So the opening contest, we're going to go right into it. We got Brody King versus Darby Allin in a coffin match. This coffin match was really good. It was fun. It was fast-paced. It was also slowed down as well. I know a lot of wrestling fans have been very critical of Tony Khan speeding a lot of things up. You know, you're going way too quick. These matches don't get time to breathe. And that's one of the big problems that I've been seeing in regards to watching AEW on a consistent basis. But this match was very enjoyable. So we've seen King. He sets up uh, Darby on the table. These are the highlights of the match. He sets a table um, onto the outside. King dives off the apron, but... Uh, Darby Allen moves and King crashes through the table. Nice spot. After that, we've seen Darby Allen gets the ring. The lights cut out and the house of black shed King from Darby Allen. I love it. Uh, I feel like the lights out gimmick has really played it off in terms of, all right, the lights go out. It's great. But I feel like Tony Khan does it a lot. And the mystique about it really is not there. But it doesn't matter because when it happens, it's just like, holy shit. 
who is it going to be? So I love that um, spot every time it's done. Does he do it often? Yes, he does. Is it overblown? Yes, it is. But when you're in the moment and you're watching the show and you see the lights go out, I know immediately people are going to be thinking somebody debuts. That's just the norm of it in regards to AEW. But when the lights went out, I already knew who it was. It was Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews. And that's exactly who it was. I loved it. I thought this was great. So they shield did uh, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews. They shield uh, King, right? So they did that. And then we seen Darby. He goes to dive outside. And then Julia Hart grabs his leg and Buddy hits a chalk block onto Darby Allen. I loved that Julia Hart was in this spot. I think Julia Hart's a very beautiful woman. I love the gimmick wearing all black. She looks great. I love um, just the character that she is really portraying. I feel like they really needed a female presence to the House of Black, and they picked the right person to do so to be in this faction in Julia Hart. I thought it was great. Great addition. Julia Hart's playing her role very well. So after that, we've seen Buddy hit a spring, a spinning slam and set up a table in the corner. King hits a cannonball through the table. Let me tell you guys something. Brody King is a big motherfucker. We know that. He's huge. Imagine that type of dude running at you when you're propped up on a table. And all you see is this girth of a man running at you with a cannonball offensive move. Holy shit. That was crazy. So after that cannonball through the table, the fans suddenly, because Darby at this point was getting his ass beat. He was getting fucked up by the House of Black. You knew this chant was going to come out. The fans started chanting, we want Sting. I loved it. I'm thinking to myself, Sting's going to come in any minute now. So Black orders Buddy to open the coffin. Now, before Black told Murphy to open the coffin. No cap. I said to myself, Sting is in that coffin. Because the lights went out. And when the lights went out before this, before Sting was in that coffin, the lights were off for a while. They were out for a couple of seconds. It felt like Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews and Brody King was getting in position. Julia Hart as well. They were all getting in position for when the lights turned on. And also Sting, he obviously was under the ring. Let's stop the cap. This guy was underneath the ring. Lights went out. He jumped in that coffin. They made it seem like the fans couldn't see nothing when the lights went out. And it was dark. So you really couldn't see what was going on. You know, and so Sting was in that coffin, coffin popped up and Buddy opened it and Sting was in the coffin. Sting attacks Buddy with the baseball bat, then throws uh, Murphy into the steel stairs. Buddy Murphy sold that steel chair uh, sequence very well. It's kind of like he hopped it over, but he played it off very well. So it was a great spot. After that, we seen Sting attack King with the bat. And then he threw the bat 
to Malachi Black. I'm thinking, oh, oh shit. Let's go. Is it going to happen? So we get Black. He picks up the bat, then drops it at Sting's feet. I'm thinking to myself, yo, Tony is playing. He's playing too much. Sting, Malachi Black, all out. Let's go. That's what we need. And Tony, listen, we need that match at all out. Malachi Black versus Sting 1v1. I believe that's what we're going to get. But I have a feeling that we might actually get this match a little earlier than anticipated at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I mean, I'm not going to be mad about it, but that's an all-out type of match. You follow me? That's a pay-per-view-esque type of match. Malachi Black versus Sting at Arthur Ashe. Okay, that'd be great. Cool. <laughs> but nah. Malachi Black versus Sting at all-out? Come on now. Come on, ladies. Come on, man. That's perfect. That's perfect. So after Black picked up the bat, he then, like I said, threw the Sting, threw it at Sting. Black walks away as Sting shouts him down. Uh, Sting chases Black. Darby then hits a cannonball outside the ring, which was beautiful, man. Darby Allen is one dangerous motherfucker, man. I'm telling you. He is a daredevil among daredevil. All right. Jeff Hardy is a daredevil risk taker. But Darby is just the same way as Jeff Hardy. They're the same. Jeff's not better than Darby. Darby's not better than Sting. They're in the same wavelength. So I thought it was great. Good spot there. We see Sting and Black stared each other down, which I marked out. In my mind, I was marking out. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I'm like, man. Tony keep playing around. He's playing. This was great. So after that stare down, King throws Darby into the barricade, then slams Darby onto the steel steps. King sets up the coffin, picks up Darby, climbs the stairs. Darby fights out with uh, a back elbow. After that, we've seen King chokes Darby, but Darby escapes. Darby chokes King with the steel chain, which looked brutal. And <laughs> King really was good acting here he really was a good actor uh sorry that was my phone uh he was a really good actor here in this spot in this instance he played dead real talk he played dead his arms fell down he just completely just fell in the coffin i love that sequence i don't know if that sequence was planned in terms of trying to make it perfect it probably was but if that was a shot deal that was great so the winner was Darby Allen, of course. It made sense. And it was a great match. I enjoyed it. Moving on, we've seen John Moxley backstage. He says that what if we call the interim title the FYI belt? Uh no, John Moxley. I don't know why you would call it the FYI belt. Nah. Moving on. He says, this championship is about pain and how much you can endure. For over two decades, we have seen Jericho's fighting spirit on full display. 
he will test it and push it to its breaking point. Okay. Continuing on, he says, if that fighting spirit doesn't break you, your body will. I love that ending to the promo. If that fighting spirit doesn't break, your body will. Great ending to a good promo by John Moxley. John Moxley never misses when it comes to cutting a promo. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. When it comes to the best wrestler on the planet in the world, when I eventually do my rankings for the uh, end of the year, little award stuff that I will be doing, best matches, like top 10 best wrestlers on the planet, uh, I'm going to do a men and a women category. John Moxley is definitely going to be potentially in the top five. He's been putting out bangers all the time, man. This guy's a leader. He's a leader. I thought it was great. Great promo by Moxley. I love him. I really do. So we get to commercial. We come back and we see Chris Jericho's backstage. So back-to-back promos here. One from John Moxley and now another one from Chris Jericho. So Jericho, he says, after two and a half years, he's take back what is his. He will become the new world champion. Moxley wanted to face or he wanted to face Lionheart. The last survivor of Stuhlhart's dungeon. Stuhlhart was victorious and violent. Speaking of Stuhlhart, let me go back to John Moxley's promo because John Moxley's promo was very, very poetic to a Stuhlhart promo. Forgot to point that out. Continuing, uh, Jericho says Stuhlhart was uh, vicious and violent. He will twist, turn, and stretch that shit out like Moxley. I was the first AEW world champion, and I will be the next world champion. Good promo by uh, Chris Jericho. Back-to-back good promos. Next up, we've seen a tornado taxi match. The Lucha Bros versus Andrade El Idolo and Rush. This was fun. This was fun. Tag team wrestling. I mean, continuing to be done right in AEW. I love the Lucha Bros, man. You know, AEW has a lot of tag teams. They really, really do. But no matter how less I've seen the Lucha Bros or we've all seen the Lucha Bros, every time they're wrestling, it's just beautiful to see. It really is. The Lucha Bros are no question in my top five in the world when it comes to best tag teams and just tag teams that I love watching wrestle. Another thing, Phoenix. I talk about Ricochet. I talk about Dante Martin. You got Will Ospreay, right? Um, You got a lot of high flyers in the game right now. But Phoenix is on a different planet. This guy's different. He's so effortless. He's so smooth. I love when wrestlers never miss their spots in the ring. They wrestle so smoothly. They execute every single move that they do, and they do it so smoothly. That's why I love people like Randy Orton. He's so smooth. Ricochet is so smooth in the ring. It's effortless. It's easy. Carmelo Hayes, when he wrestles, it's so smooth. I know I'm missing other people, but 
when it comes to a wrestler that is just smooth sailing, every single movie does. It's just beautiful to see. Phoenix, this motherfucker is different, man. He's one of the best luchadors in the game today. Shout out to Rey Mysterio. But, you know, this match was great. I enjoyed it. Andrade. There was some crazy shit with Andrade. I seen it. I seen it in the news. Seen it on social media. People complaining, oh, Andrade isn't getting the requisite TV time he deserves. Oh, Andrade is, you know, getting disrespected. I agree with y'all there. I agree with you guys. Andrade is getting disrespected. But you know the thing is, though, he's really not getting disrespected when you really look at it because Tony Khan can't put everybody on the show. He can't put everybody on the show. So Andrade is just going to have to sit and wait, wait his turn. When he has a storyline, then he'll be on TV. He has one now with Rush. Rush and Andrade, I'm wanting, I'm hoping that Tony Khan pulls the trigger and we get these two men as tag team champions before the end of the year. I doubt that that's going to happen, but let's go into 2023. And I'm actually going to backtrack. I don't think they're going to be champions this year, but in 2023, they need to be the tag team champions. Let's make it happen. A Lucha Bros and Andrade El Idolo and Rush feud for the tag team titles. I'm down with that. I think that'd be great. But I think these two teams are going to be in the trio's um, rivalry. You know, when one of them eventually get the title. And they'll be in a feud, you know, when that when one of them win the title. So, I think that's great. This match was fast-paced, nonstop, and I loved it. So, we had Roosh. Uh, with the chop block, we had to put the chop back. Rush, excuse me, his name is Rush, not Roosh. Rush, with the rolling elbow, Penta hits a super kick. Andrade tripped Penta, which was nice. <laughs> We've seen uh, Phoenix hit a tope suicida on Rush. The tope suicida is easily one of the most nicest moves to see. It's done too many times, but every time it's done, it looks great. Especially when someone so smooth like uh, Phoenix, when he does it, it's just effortless. So we've seen Penta. He hits a, a maiden uh, Penta cover, and he went for a two count. Andrade blocks a fear factor, hits a drop kick on Phoenix. Phoenix gets slammed onto Penta, cover for a two count. Andrade strikes to Penta. Andrade and Rush with the double suicide dive. I thought that was great. Great spot there. Uh, we get a commercial picture, picture. We come back. We see uh, Penta with the trust kick, and we see a DDT to Rush. So... We've seen one move after the other. Combination moves. You all know that I love those. We've seen Phoenix with the Hurricane Rana to Andrade. A backstabber from Penta. Phoenix with the splash cover to count. Again, move after move after move. So I thought that was great. Uh, we've seen Phoenix with the dive off of Penta. Cover for two count. Double trucks kicks. So again, we've seen a lot of super kicks. Uh, super kicks are great. You know, but in terms of feeling special, they don't really feel that special anymore. So does the frog splash, but it is what it is. Every time we see the moves, though, it's pretty cool. We see Phoenix, speaking of the frog splash, we see Phoenix goes for frog splash. Andrade gets his knees up, though, into a pinning combination for a two count. 
Andrade then accidentally super kick on Rush. Penta with the super kick to Andrade to follow suit. Rush has a drop kick to Penta. So these men are kind of no selling, but it's okay. I like it though. I know a lot of people don't really like it. I do. I don't mind it. Uh, Andrade with double knees in the corner to Penta. Rush with the power bomb on Phoenix. Penta hits a rolling color. And all four men are eventually down. Crowd going crazy. They love this match. Kick it towards the end. We've seen uh, Rush hits a bullhorns drop kick in the corner. Andrade then hits the hammerlock DDT. Cover for the one, two, three. Andrade, El Idolo, and Rush get the win. This was a great match. All four team, all two teams, excuse me, all four men with two teams. Uh, they killed it. They had a great match. Next up, we've seen the Young Bucks there backstage. They go into the Dark Order locker room. The Young Bucks thank Adam Page for saving them last week. They apologize for what they did. The favorite part of their careers was when they were together. Everything got weird. Uh, the fame, the TV time, they all got selfish. They're all sorry. This is the building of Page when he won the AEW World Championship. Page became the elite. And they can never get those years back. Maybe they are not bad people. But when they are all around Paige, he brings out the good in them. The Bucks ask Paige to be their partner for the trios tournament. Paige says he can't. It's interesting. Hey, young Bucks, you ain't got to worry about it. Because guess who's coming back next week? Kenny Omega is coming back next week. And he will be the mystery partner. <laughs> Gotta love it. Woo! This is going to be great. Oh, man. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Kenny Omega's back. Gotta love it. He's been gone for a long time, by the way. A very, very long time. So it's really going to be refreshing to see him come back. Moving on, we've seen the Dark Order. They have been there for him. While the Bucks weren't, Paige will have the Dark Orders back in the tournament. He will be in their corner, so he can't team with the Bucks. They should find somebody else to be their partner. The Bucks then obviously leave. This is interesting. Um, Adam Page seems directionless. It's understandable. What's going on with the Dark Order, though? They seem directionless as well. I'm not sure what's going on with them as well. Is Adam, excuse me, is Adam Page. Now, I'm thinking about this while I'm, you know, watching what was going on and reading the transcript here. Is Paige possibly going to go heel and beat up the Dark Order? I think that would be a good somewhat storyline, a mid-card storyline for Adam Page and the Young Bucks. It's just an idea that I'm throwing out there. We'll see what happens. Should be good. Next up, we had Jungle Boy. He makes his entrance and joins commentary as we've seen Luchasaurus versus Anthony Henry. Luchasaurus won. He beat the fuck out of Anthony Henry. Who cares? That wasn't the big story. Christian, after the match, 
is seen clapping backstage. He says the people of Minneapolis doesn't deserve to see him in person. He is having too much fun. Yeah, yes, you are. Christian is absolutely killing it right now as a heel. His promos are so fun. Um, security told him to hold him back. Luchasaurus chokeslam security onto a crate. Luchasaurus hits Pat Buck. Yeah, he's going to get fine there with that. Now, this storyline with Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage has been, personally for me, the best storyline going in AEW right now. We are easily going to get Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage at All Out. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I think we might get Luchasaurus versus Christian Cage beforehand, maybe at Arthur Ashe. I think I would book that and then save Jungle Boy versus Christian for AEW All Out. So that's just ideas that are flowing in my mind right now uh, regarding what I saw in regards to watching it and then also reading the transcript. So we'll see what happens. Should be good. Miro. Speaking of Miro, people, again, on social media, claiming that Miro wants to go back to WWE. And then Miro said, cut the bullshit. It's not what I said. I signed a new deal. So he's staying put. So cut the shit with the rumors, people. It's crazy, man. Ever since Triple H took in charge, people want this person, want this person, want this person to go back to WWE. It's not going to happen. So Miro will stay in put. I love it. Miro, he's backstage. Julia Hart. Julia Hart is pretty. Uh, she's doing great, like I said, in her role. So Julia Hart tells him to give in to the darkness. Her promos really are dark and eerie and very calm, cool, collected, but also scary, sort of, at the same time. I think it's great. Miro says uh, only one woman can tell him like that, and you are not her. Tell your peasants he accepts their gift. The path to his God is clear. And it leads through the house of black. I love this. Miro, you know, was he going to join house of black? No, he's not. Actually, he might actually join. Oh, wait. No, he's not. I love that storyline. I love it of Miro playing uh, the house of black. Will he ultimately join? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Uh, CJ Perry. They keep teasing you. They keep teasing you. You got to come to AEW. You got to go to AEW. I know I heard a rumor that she might go back to WWE. She can do whatever she wants. God bless her. But her in AEW with her man Miro is perfect. You are the key to him being in the world title scene. We'll see. A lot of things can happen, especially with the competition fearing up, man. It's great for the pro wrestling industry. I love it. We come back from commercial, and we see Mark Henry. He interviews Powerhouse Hobbs backstage. We see QT Marshall interrupts with the factory. QT says that Will shouldn't be worried about Ricky Starks. They will take care of Starks, and nobody says no to the factory. Hobbs rejects their offer. <laughs> Man, Hobbs is like, I don't give a fuck. I ain't joining you. 
It's not going to happen. Fuck pretty much what he said without saying it. Fuck the factory. He doesn't care. I loved it. This is a great uh, interview segment. Short to the point. And that's what I like. Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnan Singh make their entrance. Uh, I, I don't care. I really don't care about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. So Singh chokeslams Wardlow through a table. Uh, Wardlow may think that they are done with him, but they're not. Lethal says that they sent a message to Wardlow. Quote, Wardlow. Chance. They broke out. Lethal says he will take the title. He's going to take the TNT championship. Uh, All right, I'm going to continue. Wardlow makes his entrance. He says that they have another shot at the title. But tonight, he will whip all three of their asses. FTR make their entrance and face them down with Wardlow. Lethal, Dutt, and Singh back down as they enter the ring. Lethal goes for Wardlow, but he blocks it with FTR. Hit him, or he's hitting him, FTR, with the big rig. So, it looks like Wardlow has a partner or partners in FTR. And they might go against Sanjay Dutt, Satnan Singh, and Jay Lethal. <laughs> I, I really don't care. I feel Wardlow is really directionless, and it's kind of pissing me off. No one wants to see the storyline. What type of fucking storyline is this? This is dumb. This is the best that Tony Khan has for Wardlow. Really? Come on, man. Come on, man. I can I can put Wardlow in a better storyline than what he's in now as TNT champion. Come on. It is what it is. It was kind of the down period of the show. I didn't really like it. Tony Schiavone with the JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Mannert says history will be made and Moxley had a hell of a run, but it ends tonight. Tony isn't invited to the celebration. Garcia says Danielson should appreciate him, but with the dragon, he's going to put the dragon to sleep and he is the dragon slayer. Anna Jay shouts and attacks Willow Nightingale off camera. That was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, Daniel Garcia, he is easily a prodigy in the making. I didn't give a fuck about Daniel Garcia in the beginning. I really didn't care. But now, I look at his body of work. This guy's going to be a future pillar in AEW. No question. You can quote that. Um, but Garcia is saying that the dragon, he's going to put the dragon to sleep, and he is the dragon slayer. I guess he, I guess he was watching uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins feud. He was watching that feud, and... Seth Rollins calling himself the Beast Slayer. Looks like Garcia took that and said, you know what? Brian Danielson calls himself the American Dragon. I'm going to call myself the Dragon Slayer. I like it. They actually have a match next week, and I'm very excited for it. So I think it should be great. Next up, we had Aaron Solo. He makes his entrance accommodated by the factory video package for Ricky Starks. I love Ricky Starks. I need more of Ricky Starks. We need it. He can be a Brian Danielson S type of underdog babyface if presented and booked correctly. So Starks makes his entrance to get Ricky Starks versus Aaron Solo. Aaron Solo sucks. He lost. He had his ass beat. 
and Ricky Starks got the win. One, two, three. That's it. I love Ricky Starks. So Nick Camarado, he runs down. This is post-match. He runs down with a chair. Starks ducks under a chair shot and hits a spine buster, a beautiful-looking spine buster. But I don't think nobody does a better spine buster than Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm just saying. So Starks goes for the Rochambeau, but Solo attacks him from behind. Camarado goes to attack with the chair, and then Solo holds him back, but Starks fights them both off. I mean, this is a two-on-one, and the two people are getting their ass beat by one person. It's kind of hard to really sell and, and, you know, invest in something like that. But Starks, he runs in the crowd to escape the factory. Hobbs is shown uh, trash in the backstage area in anger as he's seen what happened. We need that rivalry. We need to get that. We need more of that on TV. It is slowly building, and I love it. I love what's going on with Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I think it's great. You know, this might actually be one of the best uh, storylines right now going in AEW as well, along with Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage, and all that other stuff. So AEW really has some good little short rivalries that are going on right now. I like it. The Gun Club, they're backstage. Billy says that they messed up by losing the dump truck match. Sloki Hathaway says Billy should go home billy says hathaway is about to have a really bad day hathaway he ultimately leaves and says fuck it i'm out deuces uh dan Housen, he walks in and says he will see them on friday people love dan Housen. all right there you go uh tony shivani is with orange cassidy i i you know Again, like with Dan Housen, everybody loves Orange Cassidy. Now, the difference between Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen is Orange Cassidy actually can wrestle. I just don't give a fuck about the gimmick. I don't care. But I will compliment him again and say, at least he has a character. That I will say. But again, I, I don't really care for the character. Uh, so Orange Cassidy and the best friends, uh, Arya Davari tells Orange that he should ditch the best friends. Orange is like, no, it's not going to happen. He rejects that. Next up, we got the TBS Championship match. Jade Cargill versus Madison Rain from Impact Wrestling. Now in All Elite Wrestling. Jade is a beast. <laughs> Jade Cargill is an absolute beast. This woman is really getting better. You can tell it. You can feel it, the vibe. Her presence is great. She's great on the microphone. She has a great look. If she can just get better in the ring, that is an absolute total five-star package. Easy. This was, a, this was just domination by Jade Cargo here. That's all this was. Uh, we see Jade Cargo hit a vertical suplex. This was pretty good for a cover and two-count reign uh, with the jawbreaker. We've seen Madison Rain with forms, a big boot into a lariat. Rain with a swinging neck breaker. She's a veteran here. Uh, she then followed up with a botch. Yes, uh, she botched. What is up with women matches are botching, really? Really, what's up with that? I don't know, man. It's weird. It's, it's annoying to see because I don't want, you know, women matches to really be botching a lot. But they do. It sucks. I feel bad. Um, but... You know, even veterans make mistakes. 
Rain, again, she botched that move, flipping neck breaker from a second rope, cover two count. Rain hits the tornado DDT, cover for a two count, so she immediately got back with it, and uh, it was great. Kier Hogan. Kier Hogan shouts, and she shouts at Renee from the apron. I think Kier Hogan needs to get more opportunities. She's uh, a part of the baddies. I think it's great, but I want to see Kier Hogan in the ring. I really do. I would love to see Kier Hogan become babyface and turn on Jade Cargo and maybe take the title away from her. But that might not be the case. I'll explain that in a second. So Jade Cargill got the win. One, two, three. She retained the title. Out of nowhere, Athena. Her theme song is really nice. Athena. I love Athena. I really do. So shout out to Athena. She appears from behind and she attacks her. And then we see Kier Hogan. She pulls Jade out of the ring. Athena picks up the TBS championship and holds it high. I love it. I think this is great, man. I really do. So it looks like we are going to get Athena versus Jade Cargill at either Arthur Ashe or in this case, it should be uh, AEW All Out. We'll see what happens. Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa finally. Thunder Rosa's on the fucking show. God damn, Tony Khan. What are you doing, man? Stop disrespecting uh, Thunder Rosa. I know she wrestled last week, but she need, she's a champion, so she needs to be on the show a little bit more frequently. I, I understand that. The champions really shouldn't be on the show every week because it would kind of lose their luster. That I agree with. But, I mean, she wasn't really on the show for weeks. That's a difference between a week or two weeks. At one point, she was on. She was not on the show for like several weeks. It's crazy. So we've seen uh, Tony Storm and a Thunder Rosa. They are with Tony Schiavone backstage. Tony Storm is now the number one contender. Rosa says it's not what she wanted, but it is what it is. Tony says that next week she will start her momentum, and she will be the AEW Women's Champion. Wait a minute. I just got done saying that we need to see Thunder Rosa and she needs to defend that title. Maybe it all out. Who was it against? I assumed it was going to be Tony Storm. I just got done saying that Jade Cargo might be going one-on-one with Athena. And then I seen some people on Twitter say that we should get Jade Cargill versus Athena, versus Thunder Rosa, versus Tony Storm, and a fatal four-way for the AEW Women's Championship. Let me do some fantasy booking here. I rarely do it with AEW. I mostly do it with WWE, but let me do it with AEW. Can you picture, I swear to God, can you picture Jade Cargill being not only the TBS champion, but the AEW Women's Champion. Whoo! That would piss some people off, but that will also make a lot of people happy. I'm just throwing that out as a suggestion. We'll see. Um, I would love to see a fatal four-way, though. But I think Jade Cargo should defend that title at all out, and I think that opponent should be against uh, Athena. 
And when you look at the landscape of opponents for Jade Cargill, I think Athena is the perfect opponent to beat Jade Cargill in, in the undefeated streak. If not Athena, then Jade Cargill needs to take that momentum into a match for the AEW World Championship with the AEW Women's Championship and then relinquish the TBS Championship, leaving it for Athena, Chris Statlander, who's recently injured. Tony Khan announced that. That sucked. Uh, Tony Storm. You know, and other people can challenge for that title while Jade Cargo is the AEW Women's Champion. Again, another idea. Let me know what you guys think. We got the main event. We got John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. This was a really good match, man. This was a really fun match. I loved it. So we're going to take it to the end of the match here. You guys seen the match. You guys know what you guys saw. Uh, we seen Jericho. Uh, he's been busted open. <sighs> Tony Khan. TK. <sighs> what are you doing? The blood. The fucking blood needs to stop. This wasn't a hardcore match. I understood the coffin match. But the main event wasn't a, a stipulation match. This was just a regular match. And you had blood in this. What the fuck? We've seen blood earlier. This is what I'm talking about with AEW. They're on their bullshit. At least when WWE does it, they do it when it's the right time. AEW just, they just do it just to do it. And I have a problem with that. AEW really needs to stop doing that. I'm serious. It's annoying. It's really actually a turnoff. Because... When we do see blood, honestly, when I see blood, I'm like, oh, okay, it's AEW. <laughs> it's not a good look. Oh, it's AEW. They do blood all the time. Who cares? That shouldn't be the case. So, uh, we've seen Jericho. He's been busted open again, like I said. From the turn, Buckle Mox escapes a ran and rans down some elbow strikes and gets a near rake choke, and then Jericho taps out. And still... John Moxley is the AEW World Champion. After the match, this was great. So we've seen Hager and Sammy. They run in to attack Moxley again. Uh, congratulations to Sammy Guevara for getting married with Ty Conti. Congratulations to both of them. So Hager and Sammy, they run in to attack Moxley. The BCC then run down. I loved it. I love the Blackpool Combat Club. They run down to the even odds. The rest of the Jericho Society run down and brawl with the BCC. Okay, another negative. Um, Tony Khan, you need to stop with this faction bullshit. You need to end the feud with BCC, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, and uh, this bullshit. This needs to stop. I don't give a fuck about the brawls. I really don't. They do too many brawls with too many factions. It's actually ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Why are they always ending the show with brawls? What the hell is up with that? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know, man. It's just something that annoys me. It really does. But it is what it is. It was after the match, so it wasn't during the match, at least. Thank God. But uh, after that, we actually seen CM Punk. Yes, CM Punk is back. I loved it. I smiled from ear to ear. It was great to see him. He looked great. Punk makes his way to the ring, attacking the Jericho Operation Society. Punk clears the ring of the group. 
He takes out Jericho, clotheslining him over the ring. And the JSS stare down Punk from the ramp. Punk shouts out them. And then Moxley and Punk are back to back. And I'm like, ooh. Ooh. TK, listen. Looks like we're getting Punk and Moxley. Most likely. I mean, why the fuck would you book it at Arthur Ashe? I mean, I know Arthur Ashe is going to be a big show, but get the fuck out of here. This match better happen at All Out. And I think it will. Because people were talking about it on social media as well. So we had that stare down. And that's how uh, Dynamite went to a close. This was great. A fun ending to a, a good show. A couple negatives here and there. But at the end of the day, it was a very enjoyable episode of Dynamite. I had a good time with it. I hope you guys had a good time listening to the brand new episode of the Wrestling Takeover. Your official AEW post show uh Rake by the Lake uh, podcast here on the Wrestling Takeover. Thank you guys for joining me. And we're going to keep trucking. We're going to keep doing our thing. Stay tuned to a brand new episode coming very soon. And AEW, man, they're right on track now. They're right on track. Kenny Omega is going to come back. He's going to be the third partner with the Young Bucks. So Omega's back. Uh, that's my prediction. It wasn't announced, but it's clear. If you follow TV and the Young Bucks, they need a partner. Who's going to be their partner? If it's not Paige, it's Omega. It just makes sense. So I think it's going to be great. The trios tournament, I'm very excited for. We got Punk. We got Moxley. They will be going one-on-one at All Out. So that's going to be great. The storyline with Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage continuing. It's great. We also have another great storyline going with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. A great thing going there as well. And Jade Cargill, who's going to eventually take down Jade Cargill? And what's going on with the uh, World Championship with the women? Are we going to get Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm again? Will it happen at All Out or in Arthur Ashe? A lot of things happen in AEW now. AEW really has been really on a downward spiral when it comes to quality. I just really haven't given a fuck about Dynamite over the past, I would say, month or so. You know, it wasn't boring or anything. I just wasn't feeling any investment. But now I'm ready. AEW is getting their boys back, getting their people back. Adam Cole should be back pretty soon. And we're building towards All Out. So I'm very excited. I know you guys are excited as well. The crowds are always hyped for Dynamite. So it makes it even a little bit more uh, exciting to watch the show each and every week. Again, thank you guys for joining me right here on the number one podcast when it comes to creativity. And honestly, this has been The Wrestling Takeover. I'll see you guys next time.